0: Love Talk
1: Radio They are more precious
0: Than gold Sweeter than the honey
1: They are, they are more, more precious, precious Than
0: honey Than
1: gold The laws of the Lord Are perfect Reviving the soul Reviving the soul Reviving the soul are more precious
0: than gold. Than honey. They are more precious than gold. They
1: make wise, and they give joy to the heart. All together They bring great reward The laws of the Lord Are
0: perfect Reviving the soul Reviving
1: the soul Reviving the soul May the words of my life So reviving the soul, reviving the soul. They are, more precious than
0: gold. They are more
1: precious than gold. They are more precious and than
0: gold. Than gold. And
1: honey, and
0: the they honey, are more precious.
2: What my brother You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
3: Good evening. We are out in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege of bringing you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis if you'd like to contact us while we're on air this evening just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 if you have any questions or comments from my co-hosts or my special guests on this broadcast you can send your emails to my new email address butlersteve1009 at com, or you can give me a call steve b's Media production at the carolina studio at 910-491-6405 now again, This program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord, radio show.
2: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord, radio show.
3: Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Lou Gibbs, and my special guest speaker, John Foster, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. We also ask your blessings upon my guest, Mindy corner Bridget Jordan, as she serves our community with her various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts. They may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will be with our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, and that they may consider their eternal stance before you. And that their hearts may be pricked and it would cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be safe? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. For We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. While even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak and we often fall short of thy will. For we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love for all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful unto death. For we pray that you will save us. Well, in Christ's name we do ask it all.
2: Amen. You are listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
3: In the first segment, my special guest speaker is Jeff Foster. He served as evangelist with the High Point Church of Christ there in High Point. North Carolina. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment in the community corner, my special guest is Bridget Jordan. She's with the JordanArtWorld.com and org from Abilene, Texas. Looking forward to hearing from her in the community corner. And then to close out the show, my co-host is Lou Gilbert. He serves as the evangelist for the Overbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice here will be that of my special guest speaker,
2: John Foster. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Singing all All
0: night, and it's all
1: Over me, they're me. watching over me. I'm on one more time. Over me, Talk, I I over me. Over me, they're Over me, over me. Over me, they're watching, they're me. And they're watching me. over me. Say i yeah.
2: Listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
3: Now, my special guest speaker, John Foster, and his subject, A Man with an Unclean Spirit. Amen. Amen.
4: Thank you, Brother Steve. I appreciate this opportunity to share a word from the Lord with your listeners today. Uh, I'm excited. This is my first time doing uh, this type of thing with this media, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to share, and I know you got lots of listeners out there, and I pray that what I have to share today from God's Word, if I don't mess it up, Steve, I know it's going to be good. So we're just going to share God's Word. And and as you said, the title of our lesson today is a man with an unclean spirit. We're going to be in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 20, Mark chapter 5. In those verses, Jesus encounters a man with an unclean spirit, and and he heals him. But, But I want to pay attention to several different points as we look at those passages of Scripture. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine and reproof and for correction and for instructions in righteousness that the man or the woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I believe that there's some good stuff in these passages that we need today. So I'm going to share God's word with you. I'm excited to be able to take this time to do so. There's another passage in James that says, We must not only be hearers but also doers of God's word. So I pray as we look into the scripture this afternoon that you will also make the application because it's great to hear about Jesus and it's great to read about the great things that he did. But I want us to take the application or make the application to our lives today so that we can be more like him as we walk our walk of faith. So as we begin, I pray that you will just follow along. If there's any questions, any comments, uh, Brother Steve, I know that that you've got a way for them to connect with you if they have any questions for me after this. I know you do. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. Go ahead and get started. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And you can also read about the same uh, situation in Matthew's gospel. Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34, if you're taking notes, and Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, you can read Matthew and Luke's account. We're going to stick with Mark tonight, and I pray that you get a blessing from God's word. The Bible starts off in verse 1 of Mark 5. It says, then... They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. You know, God's word is profitable. Every word, every. Bit of God's word is profitable, and I want you to even pay attention to verse 1. It says that they, Jesus and his disciples, Jesus had just calmed the storm in the previous chapter. He had just spoken to the winds, and the disciples were were all amazed and in awe of his power as he was able to control the winds and the waves. They even obeyed him. But they come to the other side of the sea. The sea that is mentioned here is the Sea of Galilee. Jesus did a lot of his ministry. He did spend a lot of his time on the Sea of Galilee. A lot of the stories that you read about the disciples when they're out fishing or when they're on the water, a lot of times they're talking about the Sea of Galilee. And the, the beautiful thing about the scripture is, and sometimes you may not pick up on everything that goes on, but in this verse, it says they came to the other side of the sea. There's a point right there. The Gentiles lived on the other side. The Jews and the Gentiles had, i I just say it nicely, they had some racial divisions, some cultural divisions, right? They were divided. The Jews knew that they were God's chosen people under the old covenant, and they looked at the Gentiles as unclean. So they didn't go to the other side of the sea, but Jesus takes the disciples to the other side of the sea for a reason that's very purposeful, it's very intentional, and I want you to understand that Jesus is, even in this one verse, showing us something that is very important. He's breaking down some barriers. He's tearing down some walls that really existed during their time, and they still continue to exist during our time. He's breaking down the barrier of classism and racism. He breaks down the barriers of gender and ageism. He breaks down barriers. That's what Jesus did. He went to the other side of the sea where the Jews would not have ordinarily gone. So he goes to the other side, and it's very intentional. right? Verse 2, the Bible says, And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him, Out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit Who had his dwelling among the tombs And no one could bind him Not even with chains Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains And the chains had been pulled apart by him And the shackles broken in pieces Neither could anyone tame him Always night and day He was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. I want to stop right there just for a moment and consider these passages. Let's see what we can take from these passages. First of all, I want you to understand. Jesus has gone to the other side. He typically did not go there, but he went there to this point at this occasion because he he knew that there was something that needed to be done. There was a man over there who had an unclean spirit. The Bible says immediately when he stepped off the boat, the man with the unclean spirit uh, approached him. He met him out there, and he, he had come out of the tombs and, and, and he, was, he was living in the tombs, and he, he had been bound. And, I just want you to understand a lot about this man. I want you to understand a few things about this man. First of all, we know that his situation is a spiritual one. We know that he has an unclean spirit. This is a spiritual problem. You know, if you were to meet someone and they were uh, like this man, if you were to meet this man in 2022, if you saw this man on the street, You may not know that he had a spiritual problem. You may diagnose it and say, well, you know, in my day, I know I would have, and I hate to use these terms, but we'd have said something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with him. We probably think it was more mental or psychological, but in this situation, for sure, the Bible lets us know that he has a spiritual problem. You realize though that the things that are in the spiritual realm manifest themselves in the physical realm, right? This man, there are some folks who have a psychological or mental disorder or they need help, and they may have schizophrenia. My background is counseling. There are some folks who may benefit from going to a doctor and getting help. Maybe they need medication of some type. Maybe that's their situation. But this man, his problem was not mental or psychological. His problem was spiritual. It was manifesting itself in the physical. How did it manifest itself? Well, the Bible says he was living in the tombs. He's living in a cemetery. Well, what else was going on? He's homeless. We, we get that. He's homeless. He was in, It said he had been bound often with chains and shackled, and, and he had broken free. So he had been incarcerated multiple times, the Bible lets us know. He had been uh, chained and shackled and broken free. So he was, he was strong, but he had been shackled. They had tried to restrain him. He had a spiritual problem, and they're trying to answer the problem in the physical realm, right? The Bible lets us know that he had pulled the chains apart and broken the shackles into pieces. The Bible gives us more insight. It says he was untamable. He was out of control in his behavior. The Bible says he was up night and day in the mountains and in the tombs, Crying out and cutting himself. He was yelling and screaming all hours of the day and all hours of the night, everywhere he went. He had a self-destructive behavior. He was cutting himself. The spiritual problem was manifesting itself in the physical realm. You know, if you were to go to Luke chapter 8, verse 27, I'm going to turn there really quickly. Luke chapter 8, verse 27. Now, I'm old school. I got my Bible here, but you all are following along on your devices, and that's fine. But Luke chapter 7, verse I mean, Luke chapter 8, verse 27, the Bible says, this is still Luke's, uh, this is Luke's version of what happened. He says, and when he, referring to Jesus, stepped out of, on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house but in the tombs, right? So we get a little bit more detail from Luke. He's, he's not wearing any clothes, right? If you were to turn over to Matthew chapter 8, in Matthew's version of this same story, we get, we get some more insight. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And when he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gagurges right? There bet him two demon-possessed men. So now we find out there's two coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. So we really read a little bit more. Not only was he without any clothes, but now he had a partner in crime, and his partner, they were violent. They were menaces to society. You couldn't even go near them. You tried to avoid these people whenever you could. But they had a spiritual problem that was manifesting itself in the flesh. I'm going to ask you a question for those who are listening. Do you think there are some people that you may encounter in your day-to-day, in your community, in your neighborhood, maybe where you live? Do you think there are some people who are homeless right now because of a spiritual problem? Do you think there are some people right now who've been locked up and incarcerated repeatedly over and over again because they've got a spiritual problem? Do you think there are some people who are out up all night and all day? You know those folks, man, when you're trying to go to bed, they just getting up, right? They want to go out when everybody else is trying to go to sleep. You know some folks like that who they seem to be all night and all day making all kinds of noise everywhere they go and disturbing the peace? Do you know some folks like that? What about self-destructive behavior? I've got some, some very near and dear people in my life right now who have experienced the issues and, and, and they're cutting themselves. They're doing destructive behavior. Some of them may be using drugs or other forms to medicate themselves or self-medicate themselves, or they may be doing things that are unhealthy in general. And my question to you is, do you think it may be, just maybe, There's some spiritual issues going on with some of those folks. You know, I know how it is. There are some folks who right now who are not spiritually minded, and you know what? They may not be naked. Maybe they are, but I tell you what, when you want to go out and you're claiming you're dressing up, you wear less and less clothes. This man had a spiritual problem. Violent, menace to society, can't go around him. He was fierce, wanted to fight all the time. You know some folks like that? Maybe some of these gangs and some of these things that are going on in our communities, you think just maybe there may be a spiritual problem going on in our community. Something to think about, right? Let's continue reading. Go back to Mark 5, and let's look at verse 6.
0: Look at verse 6.
4: The Bible says, that this man with this spiritual problem, who was, it was manifesting itself in so many different ways in the flesh. And I, I will just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. This man represents all of us because we all have spiritual, we all had a spiritual problem. And we all needed Jesus to leave heaven, the light and love of heaven and the warmth of heaven and come down here to this old sinful world to save our souls. We needed Jesus, this man represents all of us, but here's the here's the here's the thing, the beautiful thing about this story, verse six it says when he the man saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. you know. As I consider this passage, it it, it warms my heart because it it lets me know that no matter how bad your situation is, no matter how bad his predicament was or how bad his, his spiritual problem was or how many unclean spirits he had, the Bible lets me know that he was able to recognize Jesus Christ, the authority and the power of Jesus when he stepped off that boat. He did not even know who Jesus was. Jesus doesn't say that Jesus had ever met this man before, but he saw Jesus from afar, and the Bible says he ran. With all those issues, he ran, and he worshiped him. Some translations say he bowed himself low and worshiped him. No matter how bad your past or your present situation is, Jesus is the key. No matter how bad the predicament that you are dealing with, the circumstance that you may find yourself is, Jesus is the key. And the Bible lets me know that with everything he got on, he could still recognize, could get help when he came to Jesus, right? Didn't know much about Jesus, didn't have to know a whole lot about Jesus, but he recognized there was something different about Jesus and the light that he was bringing to his dark world. You know, there's a passage in, in John, John chapter 3, verse 16. You all are familiar with that passage. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But have you ever read verse 16, and I mean 17 and following? Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And if you skip down a little bit further in those same verses, verse 19, it says, And this is the condemnation, that the light, Jesus, has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. You know, this man was in a terrible, terrible spiritual condition. He was in a situation where there was no hope. But when he saw Jesus, the Bible says he ran. He saw Jesus fall off. He ran and he worshiped him. Each one of us is represented. That man represents each one of us. We must recognize Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must recognize Jesus Christ is our salvation. He is the Lamb of God who shed his blood so that we may have the opportunity at everlasting life. The Bible goes on, going back to Mark chapter 5. The Bible goes on. There's a conversation now. We're going to see a conversation between this man and, and the demons that are inside of this man, And Jesus In verse 7 the Bible says And he cried out with a loud voice And said What have I to do with you Jesus son of the most high God I implore you by God That you do not torment me For Jesus For he had said to them Jesus had said to him Come out of the man unclean spirit Then he asked him What is your name And the unclean spirit answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Let's take a moment to to digest that. The man runs to Jesus and worships him, but the unclean spirits inside the man, Have a conversation, but I want you to pay attention. The unclean spirits, they recognize Jesus' authority. They recognize Jesus as the son of the most high God. They understand that Jesus is the Lord of lords and king of kings. They understand that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. They understood that Jesus was the lamb of God and the savior of the world. They understood who Jesus was. He was God in the flesh the demons inside, the unclean spirits inside, they recognize Jesus Christ as the Son of God. They realize that when Jesus comes, when the light comes, what happens to the darkness? It must go. And darkness cannot coexist. Darkness cannot exist where there is light. I told you before that the light of the, Jesus was the light of the world. He came into the world, right? He came into the world, but we understand. We understand. He came into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But the Bible lets me know that those of us who love the truth, but we who love the truth and desire the truth will come to the light even if our deeds are exposed. We understand I want them exposed because I know that Jesus is bringing healing to me. Spiritually, I'm growing. I'm maturing. I'm getting more and more like Jesus in my walk. So I'm running to the light. I'm running to Jesus because I know that's the only way that I can truly come to the Father. Jesus said in John 14, no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light, and no one comes to the Father except by me. This man understood it, and I pray that you all listening to me today will understand the significance of what's happening. The demons understood. They couldn't coexist in the light because they were darkness. Jesus is in full control. They recognize his power. And they ask Him, they plead with Jesus. they say, "Let us, look, look just don't send us away. My name is Legion." And he said He begged them not to be sent out of the country, but there were many of them. I ask you the question. I ask myself this question: How many unclean spirits? How many unclean thoughts? How many unclean ideas and intentions and motives do I have? Where are you? Do you want them to be exposed? Are you ready for them to be gone, or are you holding on to something that you should let go? Repentance is a change of heart that leads to a change of action. And God is calling us to have a sincere heart. Jesus is calling us to have sincere hearts. We must desire to have whatever is in us that's unclean, that separates us, Sin separates us from God. We've all sinned, but we recognize Jesus Christ and his authority and his holiness leads us to the point where we desire to be like him. Let's continue on. Let's continue on. Mark 5. Let's look at verse 11. The demons have begged Jesus to send them, not to send them out of the country. So so in verse 11, the Bible says, Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near near the mountains. So all the demons, all these demons that are inside this poor man, they begged Jesus saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Jesus is in full control. The demons have to ask Jesus' permission do you understand that we serve, that our Jesus is the Lord of lords and King of kings, that all authority has been given to him in heaven and in earth, that Jesus is able to take care of us, to provide for us, to save us, to do whatever we need? Amen? So let's continue on. Let's continue on. And I know my time is getting short, so I'm going to speed this up, but I want you to just follow along. It said that once Jesus gave them permission, then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. 2,000 swine ran off the cliff and drowned when the demons entered. Now, I don't know if there were 2,000 demons, but it, at least, look, it, it implies that there was at least 2,000 demons maybe inside this one man. Well, I'll tell you what, if you start counting your shortcomings and I start counting my shortcomings, I don't know if I'll reach 2,000, but I don't even want to go down that road. I want to confess. I want to acknowledge my sins before I get to that where well, they're adding up to that many. I want the light to expose me and cleanse me. I want the presence of Jesus Christ in an even greater way in my life. I'll share this point. We must humble ourselves and confess our sins, right? We must. The Bible tells me in 1 John, verse 8, that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. We all sin. We all fall short. But the, the, the key is humbling ourselves and, and, and asking for forgiveness and repenting, right? And I'll say this. An unclean spirit will kill whatever body or host it's living in. That, those unclean spirits were going to kill that man if Jesus hadn't come. Those unclean spirits killed those pigs. And an unclean spirit that's unrepented of living inside of us will kill us. We must confess. We must confess. All right? And let's, let's wrap this up. It says in verse 14, so those who fed the swine fled. So the folks who were in charge of the swine, they fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. The folks who were in charge of the swine, now imagine you're responsible for all that bacon, all that ham, all that meat. Imagine you're responsible for, for all of that. And on your watch, 2000, the whole, the whole herd of them just runs off the cliff and drowns. They went In the city and in the country, they went everywhere gossiping and trying to explain what had happened. And I'm sure they tried to cover themselves and and justify how this happened, but they really didn't know. It says, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. They really didn't know, but they went out gossiping. They went out gossiping. The Bible says, then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. The Bible says that those who were with the swine made a decision to go find out what had really happened, even though they had already been talking. I'm not going to even go down that road of just talking about things that we don't know. You know that's called gossip, and that's a sin, too. That's a problem, too, talking about things and not knowing the facts and telling it to everybody in the city or the country, wherever you go, or putting it on social media if it's not true and it's not edifying and beneficial, trying to cover yourselves and make yourselves look good. That's human nature, though. They came and saw Jesus, and they saw the man who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, but he was sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and the Bible says they were afraid. It always – it's always my curiosity. What were they afraid of? What were they afraid of? He, he was a menace to society before. He was a threat. He was a violent man before. He was someone who was out of control before and untamable before. But now he's sitting and he's clothed and he's in his right mind, and, and they're afraid of him. You know, there are some folks that will not accept the fact that you can change. There are some folks that won't accept the fact that when you come in contact with Jesus, your life will be changed. This man was no longer the same man that he was before. He was different. The unclean spirits had been removed. Jesus had exercised the demons, and he was now cleansed of all that unclean spirits and all those unclean spirits and all that unclean activity. He had changed. There are some folks who don't want you to change. There are some folks who are are not in your corner. They will not lift you up. They will not encourage you in your spiritual walk. We got to make sure anyone, babes in Christ, we got to make sure that we take extra special care of them, that we encourage them, that we nurture them, and that we help them along the way and don't discourage them or go in with a doubtful mind questioning whether they were sincere and whether the change will stick. You don't know if your change will. Until you live your life faithfully till death, none of us, none of us can talk about someone else. We must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We can be assured that we have salvation, but you have to make the decision every day to be faithful to God. The Bible says that they were afraid. And it says, and those who saw it told them how it had happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. So they found out now they get the full story of what had happened. The Bible says says that they, in verse 17, then they began to plead to Jesus to depart from their region. Can you imagine that? They began to beg Jesus to leave. Why? Because they had lost a lot of money economically Jesus was not good for their community, for, their, for their, their neighborhood. As a matter of fact, Jesus had caused 2,000 swine to run off the cliff when he sent those demons into those swine, so therefore they had lost a lot of money. There are some folks who are so obsessed with the cares and concerns of this world that they wouldn't even appreciate Jesus right in their presence, right in their presence. Imagine asking Jesus to leave. Your your area, but there are some folks who are asking Jesus to leave in the in the schools. There are some folks who are asking Jesus to leave in and everything they do. There are folks that are saying, "Look, you can't do this. Don't mention the name Jesus. Don't mention it. Let's let's keep him out of there. You can talk to your higher power, but don't say the name Jesus Christ. Don't pray in his name." There are some folks who are asking Jesus to leave. They're begging us not to mention the name that is above all other names. It's a sad, sad situation, right? You know, in Matthew chapter 12, there's a verse of Scripture that talks about a man who has an unclean spirit. When the unclean spirit leaves that man, it says he goes and and through the dry places seeking rest and finds none, and then he will return to the house from which he came. And when he comes and he finds it empty and swept and put in order, the Bible says, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Can you imagine Can you imagine a predicament like that? Let's close out, verse 18 through 20. The Bible says, and when he got into the boat, so Jesus left. Jesus left because they requested him to. When he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. The man who had been healed, who had been uh, freed from the unclean spirit, he wants to go with Jesus. But Jesus told him no. He, Jesus said, no, you got work to do. I need you to go home and talk to your friends. I need you to go home and tell the, the, the good news of what has happened to you and, 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 and explain to them how I've had compassion on you and what I've done for you and all the great things that you've experienced now. I need you to go home and tell your friends and your family. You know, that's very relatable, isn't it? You know, Paul wrote about how he, he, he'd he rather be with the Lord, but he knew that there was still work for him to do down here, right? He says, there's still work for me to do, and there's still work for you and I to do. We've had the connection, those of us who've been born again, who've been baptized for the remission of our sins, and now we have the Spirit of God living in us. We have been cleansed, and now there's work for us to do. Go and tell our friends. Go and tell our family, right, all that the Lord has done right, and how he's had such compassion on us. I'm going to close out with this question that I want you to understand, and I really want you to answer yourself. What do you think happened to those demons that we went into the peace? What do you think happened to those demons that went into the – you think demons drowned with the water? No. As I said before, they left the host that drowned, and they were seeking another place. Well, where would they go? What about the area where they had been before, where Jesus had been, but now they were saying Jesus needed to go? They were pleading with Jesus to go. you think maybe those demons would have been, like, ready to go back into that region, into that area, and, and, and be even worse than they were before. Now it's not one man, but now there's all of those who were exposed and rejected or asked Jesus to leave. But the one man who had come in contact, the one man who Jesus left the other side to come see, he was the one who was now going to be proclaiming the glorious works of Jesus Christ to all of his friends. And it says he did so. He went and proclaimed in the Decapolis, that's ten cities, all that Jesus had done for him, and everybody marveled. I'll say this to you as I close. We may, may not be with Jesus now, but those of us who've been born again, we all will be with him at some point in time, right? If you will humble yourself, be born again. Be born again. Jesus said you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again of water and spirit. That means you've got to hear and believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It means you've got to be willing to repent of the way you've been living and Follow his direction and his commands and trust his word. And it means you've got to confess the name of Jesus and not be ashamed. And it means you must be baptized for the remission of your sins, baptized in, in the authority of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will be raised to walk in a new life so your spirits will be gone. Your unclean spirits will be gone, and you will have the revival. Brother Steve, I'm going to close out with that. I think my time is about up. But I want to thank you again for the
0: opportunity.
1: This is for It all gets better with time. Sing it again now. It all gets better with time. I believe it it all. Never, never know that it all gets better
2: Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
5: Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation. And what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at one 513 6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com.
2: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. The Community Corner.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, this segment is just simply designed to tell our listeners what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can contact the various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just what products and services that people have to offer that are sitting right there among us in our congregations. And this is one of my favorite segments because we get a chance to hear just what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our communities, we've had people on this radio show who are involved in financial services, uh, legal services. We've had authors, college consultants. We've had professional boxers. Uh, we've had uh, NFL players, uh, casting producers for television shows, farmers, comedians. We've had all kinds of folks on this radio show. So we just uh, want to make the saints aware of just what services are available to them. And in the Community Corner on this evening's broadcast, my special guest is Bridget Jordan, and there's a special story behind Bridget. I'm going to tell it here in a minute. And she's with JordansArtWorld.com and CognitiveArtTherapy.org, and she's from Abilene, Texas. Bridget, welcome to the Community Corner.
6: Hello, my brother. How are you?
3: I'm doing just fine. Now, why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners?
6: Well, my name is Bridget Jordan, and I'm from um, Abilene, Texas originally. Um, I just about five years ago medically retired from the um army um I got injured um actually, I fractured my vertebrae and I had to learn how how to walk all over again so and in that process um I really lost my faith in God. I was mad at God and the world, but I thank God for restoration, my brother amen so I was able to learn how to walk all over again, but it was going through a, a very painful self-loathing process at that time. I became suicidal. I had PTSD, mm. but I thank God. I am a pastor's daughter, and mm. train up a child in the way that he to go, and when he gets old, she or he will not depart. So I found my way back to God through very resiliency. Cool. Through redemption, and as I begin, my physical body began to get stronger, and I I begin to take step after step for therapy, where I could finally walk unassisted. Not only was my physical body being repaired, but so was my spiritual and my faith, my brother.
0: Amen. Amen.
6: And so, now, in that process, I I started doing art, and I because because the, the doctors told me I had to. Um, I had to I had to get out of the army. And I was I was like, What am I gonna do now, God? And mm-hmm. God put it in my heart that we've already given you talents and gifts.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
6: that's when my art world uh, my art world really got birthed. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing art even before I could walk. Um mm-hmm. and doing the process and that's how Jordan's art world and and had got kicked off. So
0: okay.
3: Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now, Bridget, while she was on active duty now, she was my daughter's squad leader. That's squad leader, right, our platoon sergeant?
6: And, uh, yes, I was her NCO and squad leader. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs>
3: and my daughter called me and she said, Dad, I got somebody that wants to be on your show. And she told me about you. So I'm just thrilled to have you with us on the Community Corner.
6: Thank you so much.
3: Now tell us now, how, how are you serving the community with your JordanArtWorld.com and CognitiveArtTherapy.org?
6: Well, um, I've gone back home, and uh, I just took over directive operation of my father's church and his daycare and his rec center. And so I've, I've made contact with the mayor. I was actually on the news in Abilene, Texas. And the mayor, I got approved funding for after-school programs for children. Meal prep programs and some art programs. And so we are actually putting the systems in place for that as we speak. And so we hope to launch all of these things by the, by the fall. But I got a half a million dollars worth of funding for the use of, uh, of our community. And oh, so, wow. and then that's also where the uh, uh, cognitivearttherapy.org, that's when the nonprofit kicked off as well. And so we, we are just now launching that. The website should be up roughly about six weeks, and so we're going to be giving classes to underprivileged children and children that had trauma. It's really cognitive art therapy, so art therapy, it will assist them in the trauma that they've had in their life, and it will reprogram their mind and their brain systems and their emotion and behavior issues, and it will allow them to start healing. God is amazing on how he designed our brain to respond to positive or negative. So we're right. gonna take the negative and pour more God into it through art and creativity and encouragement, and that'll start. And that's what actually I'm a living testimony because that's exactly what happened to me. Right. So art really healed my trauma.
3: I tell you, I can hear the excitement in your voice about what it is that you're doing to serve.
6: Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. I just want to. I just want to help God. My motto is, or my our motto is, we want to help the world heal one paint stroke at a
3: time. Right. Hey, now tell my listeners, now how can they get in contact with you if they want to get involved with your services?
6: Well, my email address is BridgetMJordan71 at Gmail, B R I B G E T M J R D A N 71 at Gmail. My phone number is 325-864-0371. And the office number is three two five six nine five eight six five four. The website is jordansartworld.com. And so those are the ways. And we'll be launched here in about six weeks, roughly, like I said before, on the Jordan's Art World and the nonprofit. And so, but those are the ways that you can contact me at any time. Um, I have art to be art to be displayed to sell. And so we're trying to get things into Walmart and Targets as we speak. So okay. I'm just excited. We're a little bit. Premature right now, but in six weeks we'll be launched off. But I'm still selling art uh, through my website, not through the website, through my email as well, and by uh, point of contact.
3: Now I would appreciate if you could come back on the show sometime and let let us know how your progress is going with the program.
6: I sure will, and I'm you're so blessed in your your show and everything you're doing for for God and God's people. I love your show. I've been supporting you ever since uh, your daughter let me know what you were doing. I've been supportive and I you're such an encouragement. So thank you for having me and I will continue to support you, my brother.
3: I certainly appreciate it. Now, I have one more question I want to ask you. Are you considering or have you even thought about getting a book published to share your experience? Yes,
6: sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. Already? <laughs> definitely. Definitely, definitely, yep. definitely, definitely out.
3: Okay. All right. Looking forward to hearing, uh, seeing that book. All right.
6: Thank Jordan, you so thank much. You so God much. bless you.
3: Thank you so much for joining us on the Community Corner. Thank you, sir. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. My co-host, Lou Gilbert, is up next.
2: The Community Corner. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
1: <speaking in English> My lay Be with me, home with me, stand around Be with me, Jesus. With, Jesus. Me Jesus. Me I, with me, They know that I Be with me, Jesus a me to die. Me with me I'm not alone, Be with me, And me I'm me not me afraid Be I know me that you do Be with What me you said Be you, you promised me with If I leave you You'll be with me both day and night I'm me,
0: not afraid of ain't gonna And i with so me be with Oh, me.
2: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I'm a
3: co-host, Lou Gilbert, from the Overbrook Park Church of Christ.
5: Yes, good afternoon, good evening. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The Bible still says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Friends, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, have God been good to you. God blessed your life. God brought you perhaps a long way. I don't know about you. I can only speak for myself. I know that God has been too good. God has been too good to me that I ever dare be to myself. We're thankful and grateful once again. We're thankful to be here tonight. I'm so uh, thankful again for Brother Stevie B. And this great, great uh, broadcast radio program. Radio still works, friends. Amen. Radio still works. Radio still reaches places that other other places other platforms cannot reach and so we're grateful uh tonight to have this opportunity yes and brother laruna gilbert Brother lou gilbert from the uh, Overbrook park church of christ in the city of philadelphia pennsylvania that's the city of brotherly love and so we encourage you uh, to join us at your earliest uh, convenience we do meet in person on uh, sunday mornings at the 11 a.m., 7630 Woodbine Avenue in the Overbrook Park section of Philadelphia, uh, West Philadelphia. And so we're just grateful again uh, to be here uh, tonight. I'm thankful again for uh, just having this opportunity every month or so to, uh, to share a word uh, from uh, our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, from our God above. I want to take a look at an old text tonight uh, by way of encouragement. Uh, In the book of Job, Job, uh, the book of Job chapter is two, Job chapter two, and take a few thoughts from this uh, text uh, by way of encouragement to encourage you wherever you may be. You may be dealing with something uh, tonight, something may have a hold on you uh, tonight, and you just need a little help, a little encouragement uh, to get you through this day. We've all been there I've been there in my life. These are difficult times over the past two years or so. We've been many uh, times. We were on lockdown with the pandemic, and uh, we weren't able uh, often to attend uh, worship services together uh, in full. Uh, Some continued to worship throughout, uh, but not everyone was able to come out, and so we, we missed a lot of things. And so uh, things are opening up now here in the city of Philadelphia as well as perhaps where you are uh, tonight. And so we're just grateful that we have this opportunity to be encouraged. Job chapter two. Job chapter two. Most students of the Bible are familiar with this uh, passage in Job chapter two, uh, when Job had experienced so much. Even if you go back to chapter one, uh, he experienced so so very so very much his, his afflictions were many we find in the second chapter of job uh, just look at uh chapter two and verses nine and ten just kind of jumping in here the bible says then said his wife unto him uh, doest thou still retain thine integrity curse god and die but he said unto her thou speaketh as one of the foolish women speaketh what shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Bible says there again, his wife said unto him, uh, the NIV says, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied again, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Uh, The King James says, shall we accept good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And so just tonight, for just a few moments, just sharing this thought, taking the good with the bad from God's hand. And if I had to subtitle this, it would be the facts of life, the facts of life. You know, too many times, friends, when we are handed difficulties in life, we refuse to accept them on the ground that we feel they are unfair or unmerited. We somehow believe that we deserve only to smell the flowers and the roses and not smell the manure. Uh, We feel slighted when the rain lasts longer than a day and the storm overstays its welcome. We understand and tolerate the occasional disturbances to our lives, but have a hard time accepting its extended stay. When sickness comes, we pray as we should, but not always in God's will, but in our own will. We believe our steady influx of good works and our avoidance of certain vices merit a life of minor trauma and pocket-sized suffering. We believe in the notion that while trouble will come, it should depart as quickly as it arrives. Any problem that lasts longer than a day sends us into a state of confusion, stress, and despair. We gladly accept the good from the hand of God, but often fail to accept the bad or the uncomfortable when it comes into our lives. Uh, Friends, however, the hard and fast facts of life will lead us to a different conclusion. They will lead us down a very different path. The facts of life teach us that as steady as we desire our lives to be, sometimes life gets off balance. The facts of life teach us that the same hand that gives us day can allow night to fall in our lives. The same hand that lifts the shade in the morning to let the sun shine in can pull those same shades down and block that very light. The same hand that brings joy can bring pain into our lives. The facts of life show us that although we are loved and well thought of by the masses, times of trouble, sorrow, pity, and shame will enter our lives. The hard facts of life instruct us that as children of God, there are times when we must accept the bad along with the good from the hand of God. These are the facts of life that we contend with, and it is to this notion that Job addresses us today. Job is brutally honest in the face of adversity. His honesty throughout this entire book leaves us speechless that a man, a human, suffering the pain of loss, sickness, death, and destruction can somehow keep from crossing the line of rebellion and blasphemy and keep a word of praise on his lips for the God he had come to trust. So, my friends, the the question today is what does Job teach us about the facts of life from his perspective? For us today the facts of life are the same as accepting the good and the bad that life has to offer. First I want to be clear about what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God wants to bring bad into our lives. That will happen on its own. He's not a God of cruelty or a sadist. Or our God, our God rather is good, as Job knew, but I want you to see that there are times today when God allows us to go through some things in our lives that are uh that at the time make no sense or may seem Out of the normal uh, in your life uh, And my life as a Christian And as we enter the text this afternoon uh, The ninth verse of chapter 2 Starts with that word then Uh, Of course we have to understand A few things that happened before This discussion with his wife First, for the second time There was a day Yes, a day when the sons of God presented themselves uh, to God, and on this day, Satan came along with them. For the second time, God asked what Satan's business is before him. Again, his answer is the same, uh, just strolling to and fro, walking up and down the earth, you know, just doing what I do, paraphrasing. Uh, you know, Peter tells us in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, says that he's a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, uh, to which God again puts Job on display. You know, when I think about that, he puts Job on display. It's like uh, a teacher shining uh, the light on uh, his or her star pupil, as if to say, there's no one like this one in the class. Just watch this one. And so uh, Job, God says he's a man of integrity. Uh, He keeps his word. He respects God. And uh, steers clear of evil. And, and even though you challenged me uh, with him, uh, he did not go down. And then Satan, once again, made a wager with God. He seemed to know the stuff that man is made of. And he said, you know what, God, uh, I bet if you touch his body, he'll curse you to your face. You know, uh, what about that? He said, I bet if if you touch his body, He'll curse you to your face. Uh, Get this now. God gave him uh, permission. I I want you to miss that tonight because God gave him uh, permission. Uh, Satan could not touch him unless God allowed it at this time. God gave Satan permission to afflict Job. Contrary to our uh, popular opinion or to popular opinion, it is God that is uh, omnipotent. Satan is not omnipotent. Uh, God would only allow him to go so far. Uh, Satan, the Satan, uh, smote uh, Job with boils from head to toe. This was a painful, itchy, dreadful, disfiguring sight that God allowed him to afflict him with. Uh, his only relief was scraping himself with uh, broken pieces of clay or a tool. Uh, and, of course, that even hurt him. He He's so uh, depressed and hurt that he goes out and sits on a heap of ashes. Some scholars note that it was a place of trash and garbage outside of the town. You know, sometimes you find yourselves down in the dumps, a, a place of depression, silence, and isolation, a place where uh, no one should dwell for any length of time. So he sits there grieving in silence for who knows how long and then his wife approaches him uh, with the words of our text. uh, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Oh, what words. You heard it. Curse God and die. Job, help us now. What is your response? I think Job teaches us That uh, a few things He teaches us first That we must accept Our condition He says Shall we accept Good from God And not trouble The good and the bad to Job Were both from the same Hand From this view, from his view They were from the same Source we like to think that perhaps Job got it wrong by saying uh that God brought this on him, but to Job, we know the whole story. Job didn't know the whole story. Job was not privy to the conversation between God and Satan. Uh, in job's mind, they were all from the same hand, and I believe again, God allowed this to happen, as the text says. From his view, they were from the same source, so even though he was hurting even though his wife was hurting. And while we're here, sometimes we give her a bad rap and we demonize her. Uh, But remember, uh, she had lost just as much as Job except for her skin. Her children were gone. Her income was gone. Her home was gone. She was penniless, homeless, uh, and childless. Perhaps she looked at him in pity and just said, just go ahead, no one will blame you. Just, just go ahead and just, just curse God. Get, get this over with. In her depression, anxiety, and sorrow, and even love for her husband, you know, pain sometimes has a language all of its own. So don't be so quick to judge others while sitting in your seats of comfort on this evening. Don't be so qu- uh, quick to say that what you would or would not do because truth be told, you don't know what you would do. Did she understand what was going on? Of course not. Do we always understand the way of things? Of course not. But it's interesting that, again, uh, he would use this word uh, curse. He was in uh, the dump. She couldn't bear to see him in the dump. Verse 7 and 8 says again, in he was sat in the ashes in the dump a garbage heap outside the city. But Job helps her and us to see that God gives us so many blessings and that we have in our hands to receive. He gives us family. He gives us wealth. He gives us health. He gives us our homes. He gives us children. He gives us jobs and travel and spouses and buildings and cars and bank accounts and fame and fortune and blessings upon blessings, and all of these we gladly take, don't we? We take, we take, we take, and we ask for more. But when sickness comes, when health, our health declines, when finances dwindle, when our loved ones leave us, when your money is funny, when the business folds, when the cancer returns, y'all don't hear me now, uh-huh we refuse to accept now i'm not suggesting that you lay down and give up or lower your standards but there are some things that we cannot change the idea of sanctified acceptance sometimes we must accept things even we even though we would wish them otherwise i'm reminded and y'all might know of the serenity prayer the serenity prayer reads like this God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, friends, it's it's about humble submission to the God above. In the New Testament, the apostle Paul teaches me in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 to endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Uh, also 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, he tells me to watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Also 2 Timothy 3 and 12, he said all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So it's really about how you were telling again uh, the the young uh, preacher Timothy and Titus to endure, uh, to watch. And we can take a note from there as Christians uh, today. But it's really about how you respond. Will you only accept the good and not the bad? Remember Jesus in the garden, our Lord and our Savior. Uh, when Jesus was in the garden that night of his betrayal, he had to accept his condition. It was not comfortable for him, but he had to accept it. It was not what he desired, but he had to accept it. He asked his father, is there not a way can this cup be taken away from me except I drink it? And uh, we uh, we know that God's answer To him, he said it, he encapsulized God's answer when he said, Father, not as thy will, but as thou wilt. And so we have to be like our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, to obey the will of God, accept our condition. You know, God desires today while I'm here that we get in Christ and stay in Christ. It's a fact. That's another fact of life. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about That it says, for the husband, verse 23, is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, it's the will of God. It's the fact of life that God wants all of us saved to be in his church tonight. That's the church we can read about in our Bibles, the church of Christ, the church in which we must be baptized into as we are baptized into Christ for the remission. Of our sins, so Job had to accept his uh, condition. You know, uh, the facts of life. You might remember uh, in the 1980s there was a, a television show entitled "The Facts of Life." Uh, some of you might remember Little Tootie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, uh, Kim Fields before she grew up and became living single. Y'all don't hear me now. Uh, it, but it had a theme song. Uh, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. And so I know we struggle with this today, as I do from time to time, like Job's three friends, if you continue on after this in the book of Job chapter uh, 2 and and, and following, uh, like Job's three friends who uh come on the scene after this, and we think in terms of, uh, since I do good, I will always receive good. But again, Job's response was, shall we accept good from God and not evil? And so, next, from the text, and throughout the book, Job teaches us that during these times we must we must affirm our commitment, not only accept our condition but affirm our commitment to God. This text here in job chapter two, verse number uh, ten, where uh, job said, "Shall we only accept good at the hand of God and." Not Uh, It's one of the many uh, affirmations that Job makes in this book. Job verbally affirmed his commitment to the Lord. Uh, Sometimes all we can do is open our mouths and declare our faith. Even when we don't know what to do, where to turn, we might be in pain. Open our mouths or our mind and declare your faith. In God. There's a lot to be said about verbalizing our faith. Each time he was challenged, if you read closely, Job opened his mouth and affirmed his trust in God, despite how he felt. In chapter one, verses twenty and twenty one, after losing those dear to him, after losing his wealth and status, the Bible says in verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then in this chapter two, once again, he said, shall we accept the good and not the bad after losing his health? And sitting among the ashes in a heap of trash, scraping the pus from his skin. And later on in chapter 13, verse 15, we find the words, Though he slayed me, yet will I trust him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Again, this was after being accused of secret sins and unconfessed evil. He was still sitting there, in pain, but he says, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. Oh, come on now. Then he says in chapter 19, verses 23 through 27, you know, there are times that Job, there are some things that Job knew for sure. He knew that he had a Redeemer and that he was alive. He says in chapter 19, verse 25, for I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. He says, although after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Friends, there are some things that Job knew, no matter how much pain he was in. And I say today, there are some things that I just know. You can call me at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, what do you know, Brother Gilbert? I can tell you that God is good. I can tell you that God is a healer. I can tell you that God has brought me from a mighty long way. I can tell you that God is good, not just some of the time, but all of the time. Then in chapter 23, verse 10, Job says, He knows the way I take. Uh, He says, in chapter 23, starting verse 8, he says, behold, I go forward, but he is not there and backwards, but I cannot perceive him on my left hand where he doeth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him, but he knoweth the way that I take when he hath tried me, he says, I shall come forth as pure gold forth as gold. Uh, in essence, he's saying God has a purpose uh, and in this he and, and in other words, God has a purpose rather, and this is what he has done. And when he has done, whenever the dust settles, I will come forth as pure. Gold, I may be in my Furnace of affliction now I can't see where I'm headed I can't make out where I'm going But when God gets with me When God gets with me You may not understand it But I will come forth as Pure gold, God is Doing something, he knows The way I take Sometimes we have to open Our mouths and just tell folks To back off, God's got me I might look a sight To you, I might be in pain, I might be suffering, but God knows my way. And then listen to Job one more time. Job says in Job chapter 27, verses 3 uh, through 6, and you know, sometimes uh, we have to get like this. Uh, Job had some final words for his three misguided theologians. He says in Job 27, verses 3 and 6, he says, as long as I have life within me and breath, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter utter lies. I will never admit you are in the right till I die. I will not deny my integrity. Did y'all hear what he said? He said, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it my conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. That's the kind of resolve we must have today, no matter what's going on in our lives. So my my friend's, Don't allow believers to sway you. Don't allow anti-Christians to scare you. Don't allow misbehaving Christians to shame you. Don't allow backbiting Christians to fool you. Don't allow gossiping Christians to bully you. Don't allow lazy Christians to slow you. Don't allow lying Christians to cause you to lose your crown And so uh, today, let me just encourage you uh, today uh, that, like Job, there are times when we have to accept our uh, uh, condition and times we have to affirm our commitment. Listen, now, God has been too good to you. God has blessed you. God has brought you from perhaps a mighty, mighty long way. And as we go through these difficult times continually, let's have the faith of Job. We may not understand everything. Let's resolve like Job. I will never ever allow my lips to form a word of blasphemy against our God. I think God can uh, God can handle our questions, God can handle even, even our doubts. But never ever, like the Bible says, in all of this, Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. Friends, The first step is to get in Christ. Are you listening to me tonight and you're not a child of God? Are you not a member of the church? Are you a member of the church of Christ? I want you to know that there's no salvation outside of Christ. Job understood that there was no salvation, if you will, outside of God. He trusted God. He, He prayed for his children. Every day just in case they sin The Bible said he feared God And he pushed away He excused evil uh, For us today we must have that same resolve in Christ And that starts with Getting into Christ And getting into the church On this afternoon There's some things you need to know Before I close You need to know that uh To get into Christ You must believe in Jesus John chapter 8 verse 24 Hebrews 11 and 6 Acts 16 31 You must hear the word of God again, and you must believe that word. You must repent of your sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5, Acts 2, 38, Acts 17, 30. You must confess your faith in Christ. Matthew 10, 32, Acts 8, 37, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You must be baptized in water for the remission, the removal, the stripping away of your sins. Matthew 28, 19, Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 38. Again, let me just help you with that again. You must hear the word of God. Uh, You must believe uh, the gospel. You must repent of your sins, confess Christ, and be baptized in water for the remission, the removal, the stripping away of your sins. And then uh, Peter told them on Pentecost, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so that's what we're going to need to help us through these Times we know the story Of Job we know that after all Of this after all of this Job Received tenfold what He had before but how was He able to do that he had a trust In God he had an amazing Faith in the God no matter how he Felt no matter what others were saying about him He held on and so tonight Friends I want you to hold on I want you to hold on I know you've lost Loved ones I want you to hold on I know Folk have been treating you strange I want you to hold on I know folks don't 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 recognize you when, when you try to do good. You no longer run with them like you used to. I want you to hold on. Family might be leaving you. Hold on. Your spouse might your spouse might go away uh, and run away. Just hold on. No matter how it looks, God will bless you tonight. So friends, I, I bid you well. Um, I'm thankful again for this opportunity to to say a word of encouragement tonight uh, to help someone who might be in need we love you with the love of the Lord. May God bless you. May he bless you real good.
2: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, well, it all gets better. Long time. It all gets better with time. Sing it again now. It all gets better with time. I believe it I all.
2: listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in the study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my speakers on the show tonight, my special guest speaker, John Foster, and my co-host, Luke Gilbert. They all always do a great job here in their proclamation of the gospel of Christ. I don't take any of this for granted. I appreciate all the special guest speakers that we have uh, coming on this broadcast. And also, I appreciate my co-hosts for the tireless efforts that they give uh, week after week on these programs i also want to thank my special guest in the community corner bridget jordan certainly appreciate her uh, for the work she's doing in her community and she's already talked about all the money that she's raised uh through her community service program certainly appreciate her looking forward to having her back on the show see what the progress is in a few months as well. I appreciate everyone who participates on these radio shows. What a blessing. I don't take any of this for granted. It's my prayer that these lessons and the things that were said on this program have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and the relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and may he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullins, Shauna Otis, and Lou Gibbons, and Kelly Fletcher, we really do appreciate your love and support for these
2: programs.
3: I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you.
2: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
0: Ooh.
1: At the gates away The streets are beautiful And paved with gold I'll get a mansion And never grow old But hell is just a fire imagine the look on the people's face. If you could see all the agony, yeah, because then no one will hear your begging. cry When life is so much easier Find other than our God on high, Yeah The skies are beautiful And they're clear as can be There is no better place To be young and free Well, hell is just a Because I know Have a lot of when we see Jesus, we'll have a big celebration And send invitations to all our friends and relations We'll have a ball. Bo- we'll hearts will be as one
2: Listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
3: You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show, episode 226. Don't know if it was my grandma's touch or my grandma's time. You
1: knew me with a brother in my grandma's time, time. but I sure wish I could go back to those days and times. Now, now. I don't know if it was my grandma's grandma's touch touch or my grandma's smile. You know, maybe because I was looking through a little boy's eyes. But I sure thought things were better than they seem to be now. How in the world? How long? Again, I'd like to see. Love, respect, and dignity society has the whole world gone crazy. Things of the past, like youthful innocence. If only my eyes could see things that my young heart believed. Now we seek
0: too much when we're
3: much
1: too young. Twelve years old and just wanna be full grown. Grandma's hand, Grandma's touch, Grandma's smile, baby, the way. In my grandma's time, but I swear mm. I could go back to through days and time. Now, oh. now, I don't know where it was, my grandma's touch, Grandma's smile, you know, baby, 'cause mm. I was looking. That. But I slew sure bang the bangs of it Then they sang to be down How old? Girl. How old? Sunday go to meeting clothes She wouldn't let us play it though Something special about that day And we had other clothes to play in They sang down and give me my flowers down through the years. It's the speech learning day. And in school, we could even pray. What we're witnessing now is a lowdown shame. slowing so on the news. It's the
0: other day Mr.
1: Did you let that child stay I should sent my big mama down there Grandma's mind Baby will play play. In my grandma's time. time But I so wish I could go back girl, Days and, time. Down. and now, now, now. down Down, down. 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 Can't you Maybe we're see? too busy oh, got priorities And the children will be Raised the street Joe Blow and whatever Joe says
0: so, I know
1: it's impossible to change time. What I do is we can change our
0: minds.
1: If we look deep down within
0: us. Remember the lesson The
1: grandma thought Yeah The grandma's
0: touch The grandma's smile Could have
1: been I was looking to the little boy that, But I sure thought Things were better And they seem to be now How How Boo, boo, boo
2: You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.